0: Hey, how's it going everybody? Welcome to another edition of Waterfowl 365 presented by BTBN. However you're listening to this thing, whether it be the Podbean app, the podcast app on your iPhone, or iTunes, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you would do me a favor and leave a review on there, I would really, really appreciate it. And uh, speaking of reviews, if you want to have a chance to win yourself a duck call made by myself at Unstable Calls. With one of those little sweet gator blanks that Seth provided over at Swampwood Products. Make sure you jump on our Instagram, btbn, and check out that that post on there that has the call pictured, and uh, tag three friends, subscribe to the podcast, and let me know when you've done it, and you'll have a chance to win the third giveaway call for the podcast. So make sure you jump on there and uh, hit that uh, follow button on Instagram too. So, you can see what's going on and uh, see some of the stories that are happening. If you want to follow along with us on Facebook, type in BTBN or even join the uh, Closed BTBN podcast group. And uh, that's where you can keep up with stuff that's going on Facebook, like the Callmaker Head to Head. We are doing the second round tonight in about an hour and a half. For you guys that are listening to this thing, it'll be long since over. But uh, it's Wednesday, an hour and a half. I got to do a podcast jump on that sucker it's hectic but uh we get to see some call makers and see who makes it to the final four and uh i'm excited to see what they've turned out and uh yeah so make sure you subscribe and uh jump on btbn on facebook instagram if you want to get yourself a sweet piece of material to make a duck call out of head up my boy seth owsley over at swampwood products it's a great place to pick up a blank to make a call out of or to send to your favorite call maker and uh, if one of those callmakers happens to be me, check me out at unstablecalls.com. UnstableCalls on Instagram, not.com. Nobody uses the freaking website anymore. I should restart this thing, but I'm just going to keep it on rolling. Um, but yeah, hit me up over at that thing. I'll put you down on the list and get you a half decent, really good looking call made for you. And if you want to get yourself a nice piece of apparel, check out Fox Red Apparel. You can check them out on Instagram or we also have a link on our website to get you hooked up. Today I have another call maker for you guys. He's somebody that I wrote down on the list a long time ago. He's made some really cool calls for a long time. Um, does some metal reed stuff, does checkering, does some carving. I mean, just phenomenal, nominal call maker. And uh, so without any further ado, Mr. Ryan Rusa. Alright, Ryan. How are you today, buddy?
1: I'm doing good, Chris.
0: Good man. Good. How is uh how's everything going up your direction?
1: It's getting colder. Definitely getting colder. Leaves are starting to fall, so
0: Yeah, I know what it's I know what you mean, man. Here in Missouri we were uh seeing some lows in the thirties and some highs in the fifties last week and now today it's like eighty six.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it did that quite a bit. A lot of rain and now it's warming up supposed to be a good weekend but hopefully dropping off soon
0: yeah yeah no joke man have you been getting out killing any birds lately no
1: our our season just kind of started we did the early season and i got out a couple times for early season and did okay just a lot of local birds here and a lot of hunting pressure early it seemed this year yeah but are you... more focused on the, the deer hunting right now
0: so that's understandable man with it being this cold freaking ostovic is uh he's actually down here in my neck of the woods now like 20 minutes <laughs> south of me and uh he sent me a text while he was driving down here today and he's like dude i've seen more dead deer in the state of missouri than i've seen in all of iowa he's like there's one every five miles oh like, yeah that cold snap got him up and moving man
1: yeah, we uh, we went down to, we have a cabin out in West Virginia that we came back from planting some fields and stuff, and just the herd population down there was crazy this year. A lot of acorns on the trees, and it's going to be a good year down there also. Very cool.
0: So you, what part of, uh you're from Ohio, I guess we should tell people, but uh, what part yep. of Ohio are you out of?
1: Uh like the north northeast corner up by Cleveland area, right between Cleveland and Youngstown, Ohio.
0: Okay. Very cool, but, man.
1: Yeah, we spend a lot of time in West Virginia. We got a cabin down there, a bunch of property and that's our the no hunting pressure down there. You don't see anybody for miles around that part.
0: Man, West Virginia in general. I used to live out in Virginia Beach, so we'd go through the north southern edge of West Virginia and uh come back through like Kentucky and stuff like that. But that is one state that it's you know, it's like time hasn't touched it yet. <laughs> right? Like it is one of the most beautiful states like you'll ever see driving through the mountains and, you know, no cities I mean, heck, their biggest city is what? Freaking um,
1: Charleston? There's uh, Charleston and Beckley. Yeah. Ripley's pretty big. But, but those like,
0: ones. you compare that to driving through somewhere like a, a Cleveland or a St. Louis. And it's <laughs> like, I mean, Charleston's yeah. up the size of Springfield. And we are, uh, I mean, we're just on the edge of being a city, like 180,000. <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah. It's- it's nice down there. It's definitely like about 20 years behind its time, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. That is no joke. So, you said you got out on some locals. I assume it's like a nuisance honker season?
1: Yeah, it's about a 14, 15 day of teal and goose season. and The teal population around our area is slim to none. I've only got to harvest a couple in my life around here, but the goose are, they're pretty plentiful, you yeah. So they're... they respond well to things, and, you know, mainly the decoy spread, you know, early, they, just a few decoys seems to really pull them in.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, you said there are a lot of, like, you know, the locals, and, I, do you guys get like a lot of hunting pressure from you know the the city or something like
1: it se- it seems like a lot of just new people this year it's and they changed the the lottery you used to go to the lake in the morning and you know on certain days they would have a lottery where you'd fill out a ticket and they'd roll it in a tumbler and if you pulled it you got a blind area there'd be thirteen fourteen blinds in a in the lake and you got that blind for a certain week of the season well it all went automated this year so you got everyone coming out of the woodworks to try to get a blind instead of the people that could just make it that day
0: yeah that's insane and is that like up on lake erie or are you talking about like a smaller lake
1: uh there's i don't know maybe 30 lakes around this area that all do that and they do it all on the pretty much the same day so it's you can't get to all the lakes and do it so you pick the lake you want to hunt the most and then you sign up there but with the the online lottery lottery you can set up for all of them if you wanted so instead of 60 people at a lake now you got thousands of them applying Mm. so it's it's rough to get a spot but you still have the rest of the lake to hunt you know it's you just lose those blind areas, and you, know, you don't get to build a blind on the lake or whatever, but can still shore hunt and, you know, hunt how to lay out boats and things like that.
0: Well, that's good, man. There's That's always good to have, you know, somewhere to hunt instead of, like, some places in oh, Arkansas yeah. where, you know, everything is locked up or, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, 25 people getting drawn in and 1,000 people putting yeah. in. We did uh, a... One of those blind draws on one of our lakes here locally one year, and uh, my buddy told me about it. He's like, "Oh yeah, you can draw for a blind up here, and it's like the closest area." Missouri's three zones for hunting: north, south, and middle. And uh, we're in the south zone, which opens up at Thanksgiving, like Arkansas. The middle zone opens up the last week in October. Now I think it's the first week in November. So. The middle zone starts like an hour and 30 minutes north of us. I'm like, well, dude, let's go put in for a blind, you know. If we can have right. a whole extra month, you know, at least three or four times extra. Uh, absolutely. And uh, we went up there and uh, got up there super early, all that good stuff. And it was still the in-person draws probably 2013, 14. Right. And there was 270 270- <laughs> People that showed up, or some nonsense, and they said the year before that it was like 75. Right, we waited around until the first guy in our party was called, and I think we were like, pick 135. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And it's a massive, massive lake, but uh, it's still just like it's it pretty much is the same size as Lake of the Ozarks, and it's I you don't know. 50 miles to the west of it it's called truman lake but i think we hunted out of that blind one time that year
1: (laughs) right that's the thing you get locked in and you know some of the blinds around here you get a pin you know that's your pin for the whole year so you can build a blind or do whatever you want you know and you pay something like 50 dollars for the stake for the year you know you spend all that time building the blind and then you see the birds you know 200 yards every single day so, you don't even hunt the blind. You go hunt over there. <laughs> you know right. Well, so, that
0: was That was my thing. I was like, dude, we're not even able to scout this thing. Like, it's far enough out of the way that... I'm not driving two hours to go scout. And, <laughs> right. you know, then come back and hunt the next day. That's that's just insanity. <laughs> you know, we'll just call up somebody else and drive to Kansas City at that point. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, right. you know, just a shot in the dark. But, uh, never since have we done it. And... I think with the online, maybe I'd mess with it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. I hate hunting. I hate getting out and fighting people for ground like that. I'm, oh yeah, I'm too old for that.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of the lotteries. I mean, we did it because it was almost like a tradition to go to them. Right? You know, you didn't even really care. You just got to see all the guys you've. Last twenty years and. You know, and, but it's just getting too much anymore.
0: That's fucking crazy, man. Um, I yeah, I can't imagine doing that type of stuff, and especially for honkers. My buddy was uh, <laughs> he was hitting me up, and I love honker hunting. That is my favorite. We have two pretty good bangers lined up this weekend, potentially. You know, nice. you know how early right. goose goes. But uh, that's my favorite, and he was talking to me about uh, one of these leases that last year I drove within, like, two or three miles of this big lake. And I was like, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of honkers in the area, but there's also a big public 25-acre lake that has fountains on it and crap like that. I was like, they're going to roost on that thing, and they're going to bounce on feeding fields. I was like, I really haven't. I, I don't have a big interest in leasing another lake that's a ha- another mile north of it. it it's, right. it's a crapshoot, you know, especially when we can stay around here and freaking, you know, scout them every single day.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you worked around the lake and found the little fields and, you know, that's mm-hmm. one thing. But hunting a lake beside a, a big lake like that, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of sitting time.
0: Yeah, that was a uh, that was my first question. I was like, Well is the lease for part of the fields too?" And he was like, I don't, <laughs> right. "I don't know if that's the case." And I was like, "Well, that's what I want. I don't even care about the lake."
1: Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's a gamble around here now because the the corn is just starting to come off, and you know that's you know once the corn comes off, they always hit those fields first, and then you gotta watch them from when they go from those fields back to the lakes at night and. Yeah. So everything changes now.
0: That's how ours is. We've uh, we've been pattering them, and they've been hitting grass, you know, hitting little grass fields, whatever, Hi. and uh, our corn. People's yards. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and like cattle pastures and crap like that. And it's been traditionally corn. You know, they kind of rotate through. So we know <laughs> it's a good area. It's a good traffic area. There's a lot of birds that fly through it, but uh, there's Two monster cornfields that are uh, still standing right now, but last year when it came out, we didn't see another bird in that area for <laughs> the rest of the season. They were, and it was inside the city. It's behind uh, one of our factories, so it was just like completely off limits. And yeah. it's in corn again this year, so we're like, well, you know, as soon as that comes out, this area is done. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, tell me about a uh, so, a little bit about some call making, man. How'd you get into uh, some? Call make. You've been uh, doing it for quite a while. Yeah, I think
1: it it got serious around two thir- thousand thirteen, but I think I started around two thousand nine. I mean, I've always been like uh, into metalworking, uh, welding, torching, cutting—you know, that kind of stuff. To me, it that was a skill to be able to weld and cut things apart and make something nice out of metal, and wood always seemed easy to me. My mm-hmm. grandfather worked with wood quite a bit, made furniture and stuff. I'm like, ah, if you cut too much off, you just glue it back on, you know, it takes right. no skill. But I don't know, was, the older you get, you're like, ah, I'm tired of getting burned by things. <laughs> so That's I started <laughs> tinkering with some woodworking and I think I got a, an old craftsman lathe from an auction and uh, I don't know, it's like a $20 lathe, nobody wanted it, so I was yeah, like, if anything, I'll scrap it, but just started turning anything I could, you know, just scrap table leg, whatever, just making pens and who knows, shovel handles, trapping shovel handles. I made a ton of those, you know, we still trap quite a bit here back then and did a lot of that and I don't know what the, the first interest of calls really started triggered it you know I I ran across that uh the THO forum
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, that really started getting me into talking with other people and just tinkering with calls I made some that just to see if I could turn the shape you know I was still learning turning and in general and it was addiction right from the beginning it was like every night I was turning no matter what it was it was <laughs> calls anything <laughs> oh i was just cutting shapes round circles whatever just constantly turning and i don't know started to read more because we really didn't use calls much growing up in, and it was i mean we had them but it was always decoys and patterning birds you know the calling i don't even know if i called much even you know hunting we always were just small swamps or rivers and you just the birds were coming no matter what right so uh, i got into the call making slowly and seen that it was like a traditional like art form and that kind of piqued my interest because the the woodworking i was uh, i, I like the traditional part the hand saws the chisels you know i didn't really like a whole lot of power tools it was kind of the traditional part that i liked about it and seemed duck call making had a lot of tradition in it and that's kind of what got me into the the metal reed calls more than the arkansas style
0: Mm -hmm. i was gonna say your style like reflects that traditional style more than a you know a lot of, oh, yeah. there's a few other guys you know that really come to mind but yours man that's always what i thought of and i told you i put your name down on the list of call makers you know cuz when i started doing the podcast i wrote out this big long list of everybody i could think of and i was like dude i want to talk to him about some of this crazy stuff that you know just that that old school style you could see one of your calls and not know if it was from 1930 or 2030 you know
1: because it's
0: it's remained classic
1: yeah i I tried to keep like a a classic shape with my own little twist to it and i don't know just i really like those metal reed i mean i never really used metal reed calls much you know growing up but that first one i started using i'm like this is this is the ticket here you know because in ohio I don't know, there's no such thing as a metal reed call in Ohio. <laughs> it's just, that was like a Arkansas-Tennessee thing down there. But started making quite a few of them and just trying to adapt to it and learning all the old calls and, you know, what made them tick.
0: So, okay, so you when did you first start messing around with a metal reed? Was it one that you made yourself? or did you you try other people's metal reeds?
1: i i tried some what was it some uh a glenn scoby because i met glenn scoby at there's a big uh, like a Ix center sportsman show that used to happen in cleveland every year and glenn Scobie came up there and i seen his little painted ducks on his calls i'm like well that's kind of cool and uh he had some metal reed ones there and I was like, well, i got to have one of those. I've never even heard of that thing before. (laughs) (laughs) That was the one that I picked out. And my stepfather bought it for me. And I started blowing that thing every time that we would hunt. And it it really turned ducks. It just seemed to, they never heard that before. So they were always checking that out. And it it was a good tool for a long time. And. And I was like, I can make something like this, you know, so I just started pecking away, you know, because there's something special about making something yourself and using it and, you know, hitting the end goal, whether it's you carve your own decoy or, you know, make your own boat or, you know, your own call, it's, there's something special about it, you
0: know. Yeah, that is, you know, one of the first things, you, you know, you really remember is hunting with your first call. And I can't remember who I was talking to about it. And I was like, I can't remember, you know, I can remember the first group of birds I worked with my first call, and it sounded like <laughs> hammered dog crap, but it still killed, the, you know, it still did its job, yeah. it, and it was the best day ever. And now I'm yeah. like, dude, that thing was a piece of crap. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think all call makers got a few of those laying around, you're like, how did I even kill anything with this? This is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, that's part of it. You know, I went, I think, from 2009 to, to thirteen, just making calls and playing with them and pretty much just throwing them away. You know, I had buckets full of them, you know, and I'd hunt them and call. I barely gave any of them away because I'm like, eh, I think I can do better than this. I think I can do better than this. So, and. It came around and I finally started, you know, when you get one you're like, oh, this is it right here. You know, you put it down for a, a week or so and make five more, you'll find one way better than that one. So it's it's a vicious cycle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into, you know, as far as like the metal reed stuff go, don't you have to have like a curved reed, almost kind of like a Louisiana style?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a curved reed with a, a flat tone board which was a big benefit to to me i think new call makers should start out with a metal reed call because you can bend a a reed blow it and if it sounds bad you just straighten it out and bend it again or you bend a new one you know you mess up a tone board of an arkansas call you know that's Half hours worth of work that you just throw away. You know, you can tweak a metal reed call and it's just like an Arkansas board, but upside down.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as you have some consistency of the reed that you're making, you know, the lengths and the shape of it, and you can play with it and see what does what all in 10 minutes, you know, bend the tip up a little bit, it does this, you know, you. Give it a big sweeping bend. It does this, and you know it's a it's a great like uh, learning tool. You know, so when you go to an Arkansas call, you're like, all right. So I know if I do play with the tip of this board, that it, it'll do this. And it was it was a definitely a help to my Arkansas calls for sure.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, man. Now, when you're trying to go out and uh, and pick up, like I had a customer last year. And he wanted a call made, and it had, like, brass inlays and stuff like that. And he's like, is there any way that I can get a brass sheet as my reed? And I was like, dude, I don't mess around with that metal reed stuff. I make, you know, I make Arkansas J-frame style calls. And he's like, well, just, just put a, uh, you know, a copper, brass, whatever piece in there and, you know, cut it down to shape like it is a reed. I was like, holy crap. So, you know, I grabbed some some gauge, some thinnest gauge I could find from Lowe's and mm-hmm. laid out some sandpaper on the freaking table and tried to, you know, thin it down to make it a little more pliable because this stuff is way too heavy. And I was like, okay, well, this little, your reed is going to be for show, buddy. I'm enclosing real reeds in here, and it's tuned up for those and ready to go. But uh, this yeah. thing's all for show, and I blew that thing. It uh, vibrated that whole damn call like it was, you know. <laughs> my hand was oh, yeah. no, I'm
1: trying to run. About blow your lungs out too. I took some air. Yeah,
0: and they're freaking loud, man. Even just you know the traditional metal reeds are freaking loud. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's one of the the things that a lot of people like about it. You know, you can reach those high birds, and even if you don't, you know, you don't want to competition call at them you know just because it's it's fun to hear that high pitched ring you know you just do it a, a little bit just to get them once you see them looking at you you shut it down and let them look for you but it'll reach out there on windy days or high birds and i mean it'll it'll work for you it's a good tool in the arsenal for sure well
0: it's, it's but, cool to have something that you know like you say, it sounds different. It's kind of like, you know, the, the different sound of a, a cut down versus a J frame, you know, it's like, right. holy cow, that's completely different, and, uh, it reaches out and grabs them, so those metal read oh, yeah. calls just always sound so, uh, so much different than the run-of-the-mill J frame.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, and all the, the read materials, you know, I use stainless steel, that'll, I mean, that's a ringer, you know, if. Um uh, bronze phosphorus, that's like the traditional material that a lot use and each material and thickness also makes it a different sound, you know, and it's German silver, you know, it's silver with some nickel in it. That's a that's a good sounding read.
0: So like what it what was your your learning process? Trying to figure out these different you know, for an Arkansas call, a J frame, I guess I should call it, is uh it's all the same standard, you know, read material at least. You have some differences in uh, you know, obviously with cutdowns and stuff like that and the reed thicknesses, but for a metal read you're you're starting from scratch really trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of it was you know, looking at the older calls and talking to the people that Used to make those, you know. I was, I'm pretty good friends with Mike Paul, and Mike Paul started out as a metal reed guy, so I got a lot of influence from him and Fred Rowe on THO. I mean, that guy was a, a wealth of knowledge. So,
0: so you're <laughs> it sounds like you had some visitors in the back, yeah, yeah always <laughs> visitors around here, <laughs> right so you you started messing around with those things when did you get into this this same classic style that you've been that uh you were talking about doing with the checkering and you know some of this laminated stuff that you know you're really really good at and
1: yeah, i i i really love the checkering of calls for some it relaxes me for some reason it i don't know i it brings me back to that traditional stuff just hand tools and i could picture the old calls the boils calls and you know the hooker calls and the Beckharts, and you know i can just picture those guys in their shop just checkering and with these old tools and i always i always liked that part of it and you know just the uh, it, it was relaxing. I could spend hours checkering, you know, especially when I first started. Yeah. And, that I mean, I, a, I picked up some kind of the of carving that. stuff, and, you know, I do like carving, but I don't know. It's I like the learning process of the carving, and that's kind of where I'm still at. Just the, oh, this does this, or this does that, and, oh, finally I got this duck head to look like a duck head instead of a you know, a spoonie or something, (laughs) but, you know, it's, it's still fun to, to learn and improve, you know, when you see yourself improving, it's, it's funner to keep going, you know, so the checkering, I like new patterns and stuff, but checkering, once you got it, you kind of got it, you know, you just work on straightening everything up and different patterns and trying to come up with something that nobody's done before but the carving i still got a, a long way to go but...
0: <laughs> well and that's the yeah. crazy thing man if you look at the checkering <clears throat> 12 months ago there was you and a handful of people that were really doing it
1: oh yeah now yeah, it's, it's everybody <laughs> yeah it, and they're really good at it that's the thing yeah My gosh i didn't know who this guy was and now he's He laid out a panel, that blows mine away, it's it's scary.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. You know
1: that uh, Richard Patterson, I mean, over the last few years, his carving and checkering is amazing.
0: Yeah, it it seemed like this layoff, you know, a lot of people (laughs) have been at home for a long time, but man, there's a lot of people that have really, really picked up a... A lot of oh, yeah. knowledge and experience in a very short amount of time,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they got it. I mean, I get questions a lot, and you know how do you do this or how do you lay out a panel and and I'm all about trying to help you know I mean it's a it's a learned thing you don't you can't just tell somebody how to check her, you know you gotta feel the tool and you actually have to start laying down a bunch of lines to get the hang of it and so I'm all for helping people, you know, lay things out or figure it out. And, but well, yeah, but man. they that's... definitely, uh, they definitely took it to the next level. That's for sure.
0: Well, and that's one of the things you touched on that, uh, you know, I think I can't remember. It was a post a couple of weeks ago that somebody was talking about how how it's easier in modern times, you know, to pick up call making. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's it's easier to find information and i think it's because of the mindset that the call makers have now um you know some of the most established most polished guys you know that that do their things the best are the most open willing to share willing to teach willing to help because just like you said you could tell me how to check her all day long you can't make my hands work Right. Like you know, I still have to get that motion down. I still have to build that muscle memory. I can tell oh, you exactly how to get to a flat jig. I can't you know, shape right. your tone board for you. I can tell <laughs> you, hey, you need to put this curve on it, but you still you know. have to do it. You know.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated with call making, and that's when they end up quitting doing it. You know, they get started, they're fed all this information in their heads, they know how to do it. And then when it doesn't turn out the way they want, and they go move on to pick something else, you know, and it's it's a shame that they don't stick with it. And, you know, there was I mean, I'm sure, you know, a lot of call makers that like oh, they turned out a pretty decent call, you know, in a few years, they'll be doing really good. And then you just never hear of them again.
0: Yeah, man. There's some guys that just fell off the face of the earth that were like... Oh, yeah. Like um, Ryan Watson's one that comes to mind.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he was just...
0: Big, big four or five years ago, and I haven't seen that dude in social media in a long time.
1: No, I seen him last at Real Foot. Maybe two or three years ago, whenever that one was. And uh, three years ago, that was the last time I ever seen or heard from him, and Yeah. just disappeared. But there was a lot of them on, on THO that we would do those call trades and, you know, I would get calls from guys that were a really good call. Aaron Weiss was one of them. He had a kind of a unique shape and I don't know whatever happened to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> just like, man, this is a good call. <laughs> where'd, gone? He go,
0: where'd he go, man?
1: Yeah.
0: And that's right. the thing that I think, you know, so many guys get caught up in trying to grow and make it into, a, you know, try to be the m- next Mike Schellstner. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, that's not realistic. No. I mean, people do it, but you're losing. You're going to get burnt out long before you ever become successful. Freaking – we're doing oh, yeah. that head-to-head call maker build-off, and Mike sent me a message. It was due last night at seven p.m. Sent me a message on Monday, and said that he had hadn't even started his call yet and had a three thousand call back order that he had been working on night and day for like weeks at a time. And I was like, dude, that's not that that's not fun anymore. You know, it's like you're blessed to be at that level. But right. you know, it, you don't even get to go hunting anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah, if it's not fun, it's it's not really a, a blessing anymore. You know, if it's just keeping the lights on, it's it's not what it was intended to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's walking a fine line, man. You have to, uh, you have to oh, yeah. focus and make it more of a uh, an enjoyment thing man i i've said it many many times i don't care if i sell another duck call like i just want to <laughs> i want to put money for them so that way i can buy more material that's about it
1: oh yeah yeah and it, it for me it was it started out as it's uh i don't know it was if i sold some that was great i would just go buy other guys calls with them you know it was my collecting aspect of it and i was like i'll just make some calls and sell a few and buy some more calls with i mean it never went to nothing but the call collection so that was my feeding the habit so
0: yeah that was uh that was similar to mine i was like i had a big collection you know not a big collection there's guys on here that have hundreds like i had you know a a normal size collection 20 30 calls (laughs) And I was, I you know, I'd see calls all the time on DCE and Call Nuts and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I want this guy's call. And I was like, yep. you know what? I'm just going to save myself a bunch of money and I'm going to buy a way to make them myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Famous yep. last words.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a lot of people that start out that way. And God bless them that they actually make some calls that, that work. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, a long, long, bumpy road.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, but as long as you see yourself progressing, that keeps my drive, you know, and, and everyone gets burned out, you know. It's, it's how you cope with it, I guess. I mean, I've burned, been burned out by checkering, and, you know, when you've got four or five calls that people want, they all want them checkered. You're just like, ugh. Takes you forever to get through a panel anymore. Cause the better at checkering you get, it seems the slower they get. You know, you <laughs> hit every little fine detail. You know, every one of those got to be brought up to a point. Ah. Seems like the more people want checkered stuff than anything, and it's hard to to deal with the orders and you know keep it fun at the same time.
0: Yeah, keep your hands from turning into some freaking vice grips, man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's. They 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 get hard every now and then. You're like, man, I gotta take a break for a while.
0: <laughs> I talked to uh, to samples, and I was like, dude, that, <laughs> like that freaking band, you know, that you started uh, with. And he's like, I wish I would have freaking never done that thing. Sometimes like, he has to carve for a couple minutes and take a break for a couple minutes. Carve uh, for, yeah,
1: I, I could only imagine how many thousands of feathers he's carved.
0: Dude, did you watch that video that he did uh, a couple months ago where he showed how to do a, a feathered band? Now that everybody's doing it.
1: No, I I seen him do a uh, seminar at Real F- One Year and watched him carve a duck and some. He was carving some bands in one of the cabins. I'm just like, uh, no way.
0: <laughs> he, he did one of those stinking bands on Facebook Live, where he did, maybe as a pre-recorded video, but he. You know, he just spins it He carves a little curve That's the tip of the feather And moves it up like another Half inch Another curve for the next feather And like does the whole thing So processed and machine Like it's almost (laughs) like Watching a CNC run And rotate around And I think he knocked out The whole band in like Two and a half minutes
1: Oh, yeah I was like,
0: dude That is insane
1: It's a good thing He can do them fast Because Phil is a couple hours A band Be a lot less calls
0: it, dude, that's no joke. It takes me longer to write my name with the freaking drum on the back of the phone board. You do a lot of uh, a lot of really cool like segmenting and stuff too. And man, you freaking Ohio call makers, dude. Like Ron is in this tournament, Ron, and yeah. then um, his new guy that he that he's been working with, Anthony Rayome, lives pretty close to him, and he he entered his. 8th call in my little competition and it was a Celtic uh, knot segmented in leg call and I was like dude that is your 8th call that is insanity that's crazy yeah, yeah Ron's been a big influence for
1: me he was actually one of the first guys that reached out to me on THO that messaged me hey here's my phone number give me a call and I mean we would talk for hours and you know, we've hunted together. We've traveled to St. Charles, the Fancy Call Show together. I mean, we've had a, a good time, and he keeps pushing me. I hate gluing calls together. I hate laminating stuff. I mean, I like the outcome of it, but it's just the whole process, and it takes so much wood to make a call. Like, man, I could check her this faster, and it takes me to glue all these pieces together. And, you know, but he definitely pushes me to to keep gluing things together
0: <laughs> man that is a uh, so freaking valid every time you get an order for you know even just something that's simple like tips inlays band segmented <laughs> series i'm just like i just want to make a, a one piece barrel and one piece <laughs> insert
1: <Right. laughs> you know just a regular walnut collar
0: yes i just want to make something easy to throw in the middle and i you know that's one thing yeah. that I really do a lot is uh, I'll have my my orders list, but anytime I got really really burnt out in 2017, I made call making way too much of my income, and I just yeah. I got way too burnt. <laughs> we got you know we got the the car and different stuff and you know started getting too used to having that extra money every month, and I oh, let yeah. it become uh, a necessity versus something that I liked doing. And uh, I got to the point when I started back up in 2019, I took a year off. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and it's going to take me as long as it takes me to get people's stuff done, but I'm going to do whatever I want to do when oh, I want yeah. to do it. So if I get a crazy yeah. idea in my head, or even if I just see something simple, you know, I'll stop and put everything on hold. And you know, that's probably cost me quite a few sales in the past, but honestly, I'm at the point where you know i i just do what i want to do and if not i refer him to one of the great many call makers i've had on this thing
1: right i mean and i do the same thing i i take orders you know i don't get a lot of orders maybe one every now and then and i try to get started on it but you know halfway through it you're like oh, i'm getting burned out on this so i always have a call idea in the back of my mind that I'll start working on that some and come back to this in a, when the glue's drying or something. And you just kind of rotate them in with something fun and it seems to work better for me that way. Then just, all right, this is the next call I gotta build, you know, and just building something that somebody wants. It takes the kind of the fun out of it. So I try to mix it up with something that I wanna build
0: yeah absolutely man there is nothing worse than uh you know some days when it feels like an assembly line freaking raggio jumped my butt for that one day because i was telling him i was like well you know i i spent the whole day and i got you know eight or nine barrels all segmented glued together turned and he's like no man one call at a time one call at a time do them all th- one through all the way through he's oh, like, yeah. you're cheating you know <laughs>
1: it'll actually go faster for me if i do one at a time it's way faster i just did eight calls all the same all acrylic it took me probably three times as long to do them in a batch than it would one at a time it's just i just get bored i'm like all right i'm i'm over this i can't stay focused to sit here and just drill eight barrels in a row (laughs) <laughs> I just, I'll find something else to do for a little bit And come back to it And drill one and, Man, but If you just make down, one
0: Turning down t- tone board tenons That is my Achilles heel of, I oh, am yeah. so bored Yeah I,
1: If I didn't have a metal lathe I don't <laughs> know if I'd ever do one <laughs> That's what I was going <laughs> to
0: say I've considered yeah. a metal lathe so many times just for that It drives me yeah. insane
1: that that's all i use mine for is just that part and
0: that's it nice well you said that you're uh you're getting ready to kick off regular season regular uh duck and goose at the same time
1: yeah i I believe so i believe it does start here real soon it's the seasons are we have like a i don't know i think it's it's kind of like your guys is the north and south and it's a split season where there's some gaps in it and I don't know, I'm just kinda of focused on the deer hunting and stuff right now, so I don't even look at it, you know, if it's not cold and rainy and snowy, I don't even like to duck hunt.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, but... man. See that's where you threw me off. You said ADHD to ADHD to turn the same material over and over. And I was like, that's that's why I'm a waterfowler in the first place, cause I can't sit long, st- I can't sit still long enough to be a freaking deer hunter, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I do a lot of uh, guide hunting. There's a uh, controlled hunts, and I'm one of the escorts in there that help people, you know, through the areas, and you know, it's it's a big fenced in area. It's thirty three thousand acres of fenced in. Yeah woods it's an old uh, military base arsenal and uh some part of that and that takes up a lot of time and but it's you get to shotgun hunt you know multiple times a year so it's not so much sitting so you like stand hunting but
0: man that see that walking people around stuff that makes is it shotgun only when you're doing that
1: yeah, yeah. I was gonna
0: say that sounds like that would where people would get shot at the most.
1: Yeah, I mean it's broke up and we flag off areas, but you still get the occasional person that's lost, but
0: I was gonna say come to Missouri. There's a lot of outlaws out here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's something in there sometimes, but <laughs> I they really, really cut that down this
0: year. I was gonna say, I've hunted on uh, public land before duck hunting during rifle deer season i'll bring blaze i'll bring blaze orange out in my bag (laughs) to put on as i'm walking out of the freaking you know out of the woods i'm like hey don't shoot me please
1: oh yeah it's yeah i don't know why they do that sometimes is the dove hunts and pheasant hunts during deer season they do the same thing around here yeah it's a uh... public hunting here during gun gun season usually like two weeks here it's usually like a full week and then a weekend mm-hmm. and it's a pumpkin patch out there i mean you can't <laughs> go nowhere it's it's as far as you can see
0: do you guys use uh crossbows and stuff like that or is it like a handicap thing
1: no it's crossbows is pretty big around here it's bow and arrow and that includes crossbows out here in west virginia it was certain counties weren't allowed to use crossbows but it's pretty much all crossbow there too
0: yeah i know here for a long time it was like a a handicap thing but i think i don't know anything about bow hunting or anything like that but i know that missouri started to allow Crossbows and my buddy's uh, seven-year-old freaking put down his first, like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "That's freaking, you know, insane!" Like this, oh, yeah. that adds an extra element, you know. To I could probably get on board with that,
1: but oh yeah, and it's it's kept a lot of the older guys hunting, you know, the sixty-year-olds that just can't pull bows back anymore. You know, it's it's kept them out there hunting, so
0: it's great yes sir well uh you know have you been out in the shop much lately you got the the new kiddo with some teeth coming in i assume you're just sleeping whenever you can
1: oh my goodness yeah it's i get up early before work and i usually come out an hour or two and work on things before work and so it's i try to get out here a little bit every day i'm building a new shop now come out back it's gonna be nice but right now i'm kind of temporary in it in the garage so it's kind of a a hit or miss i like being in the garage where you just kind of sneak out for 15 20 minutes and glue something or put a of CA on and then dart back in the house before the wife even finds out you're gone but (laughs) going out to the the shop will be nice though too so
0: (laughs) i always think that i can do that but uh after talking to (laughs) to freaking raggio i started using his shop vac method you know while yeah turning, yeah and now it's like a dead giveaway anytime <laughs> garage, you can hear it from you know three rooms away
1: yeah when i seen him do that it, i think it was that real foot when i seen him in his trailer doing that i'm like huh i'm gonna have to give that a whirl and i still can't get a hold of it man it feels still so awkward to me
0: i told him you know when we did his first interview I remember seeing him do it a couple years back, and I thought it was the craziest thing. I was like, dude, it's going to catch, because you're really not holding a lot of it, like down pressure. I was like, if nothing ever catches, that tool's coming right back. And he was like, he called me, and he was like, dude, just try it. He's like, it's going to feel real awkward, and you're going to hate it for the first week. And he's like, and then after that, you'll never want to turn without a shot back again. And that's how, like, I'm comfortable now with it. Like, if I don't have one it feels my hand feels really weird afterwards and I've only been doing it I don't know four months five months Hmm.
1: yeah maybe I need to keep trying at it
0: do you have an air system in yours
1: yeah
0: oh I was gonna say I don't and if I don't turn the shop back on I am filthy (laughs)
1: yeah yeah I got a a pretty good dust collection system and, and an actual air filter that hangs from the ceiling but you know the dust collection only gets the the fine stuff you still get chips thrown all over you, and a shot pack it's so close that it definitely cleans up the good maps, that's for sure
0: yeah yeah absolutely man so uh what's the uh the plan for this season are you uh you're gonna be doing some some of those guided hunts are you like you said you're gonna be walking people around is that like um you know, like elderly guided hunts through the state. No,
1: it, it like it's just hunt? it's a state hunt. It was a lottery, and each area is like I don't know thirty-three acres that they get, and it's a primary and secondary hunter. Each get that thirty-three acres, and I pretty much just help them. I show them the property lines, tell them, show them on maps, and you know, I tell them where the better areas are, the swampy areas to stay out of, and Pretty much that then I kind of sit around and I can also hunt but you know it's it's getting them a deer or a nice deer and you know we do a couple women's hunts and a couple handicap hunts where we're allowed to kind of walk around and kind of push deer towards them and you know it's it's good and I help them drag them out and you do what you can to help them get yeah. their deer and get them checked out and we we weigh them all, we measure them all, and you know we age all the deer, so we keep records of all that, and it helps the population. And,
0: it's a you know, it's, it's a cool it's way good. to give back to the you know the community and be outdoors at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, that's very very. Cool. When are you gonna? You said does that start up now.
1: The first one's this Saturday actually, and then then the rest are like November ish, late November
0: so you oh. you just have one this Saturday, then there's like a couple week rest time,
1: yeah, they they have like a woman's hunt now, and then you know they kind of wait till the leaves and stuff are completely off the trees and or you can kind of see it's not so dangerous
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean it's pretty thick in there
0: they just they send the women first you're like all right you all send <laughs> right <laughs> well they
1: they got special areas where it's a lot of fields and big uh, uh they, they land a lot of planes in there so it's the old grass runways and the deer are always out there so it makes it a little easier for them
0: very cool what's the forecast looking like
1: really nice hot 70s. <laughs> it's gonna be miserable.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say.
1: I didn't know if nice
0: yeah. meant like cold or like nice. Like-
1: no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. To I'll be packing a lot of ice for people. They don't think about ice when it's seventy degrees.
0: Is it like a pretty uh pretty hilly country?
1: No, it's it's as flat as it pretty much can be.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's flat around here. I mean, a lot of. It's a lot of rivers. Where I'm at, I'm surrounded by smaller lakes and connecting rivers everywhere. You know, the crypts and everything. So it's. There's ravines, but there's no, like, big hills, really.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was totally. You keep saying, you know, you say West Virginia, and I'm automatically thinking of the West Virginia. Oh yeah, that west, that I've been through and i'm like oh man. yeah west
1: virginia that's where our cabin is it's right between it's in the valley of two mountains and it's every morning you're going up to hunt <laughs> it's not you're not no flat here but here in ohio where i'm hunting it's it's all flat you have some bowls and stuff to hunt but
0: that's about okay. it so this guiding thing that you're doing is actually in ohio Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, you yeah. probably already said that. I must have just missed it. Every oh. time I get done with one of these, I'll listen to it the next day, and <laughs> I'll hear something that somebody said that I completely didn't hear while we were live. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. I don't know why I said yeah. that. <laughs> There's
1: a lot going on. You're thinking of other things and listening to things. And yes.
0: Yeah, well, and freaking- yeah, this is fun. And freaking Korea is sending me uh, his score for the head-to-head that starts in, like, 30 minutes. You know, last-minute chanting freaking Korea. All
1: right. Mr. Goose call.
0: Mr. Goose world champion. Yeah.
1: No, he he would... uh... He sent me a lot of messages when he was starting to do his checkering things, and we walked through. I sent him a lot of videos and stuff, uh, panel layouts, and he picked it up really quickly. I'm just like, man, his first one was horrible. I'm just like, oof, I don't know. (laughs) But then his second one was great. I'm like, where did that come from? You know, I just he just keeps getting better and better, and I mean, his checkering was great he knocked out three or four good checkered calls and i ain't seen one in a while to message him and...
0: He freaking yeah, his hand has cool. been in a in a cast for a couple of weeks so uh, he's been <laughs> slow but uh yeah that he's a, a prime example of the modern call maker picking it up very very quickly he asked me when i asked him if he wanted to be involved with this head-to-head thing he goes, man, why am Why do you want me to judge? And I was like, well, number one, because I know you're fine with not entering the competition. Number two, <laughs> name another call maker that won't enter that does scrimshaw work, freaking segmenting, inlays, checkering. You know, a lot of guys do one thing. I was like, dude, you do yeah. all of those things at a very high level. You know? Oh, yeah. But, uh...
1: Yeah, oh, it's and that's part of it you know i liked all those aspects of call making and normally when i start something i want to do it all you know i was just that's how i've always been if you know i got into motocross racing and it was i had to try it all you know and the same with the calls it was checkering the first and then it was the carving and i've done some scrimshaw stuff and i wish i had time to do more of it and it's just like every aspect you know goose calls turkey calls i wanted to do it all but it's hard to be really good at one thing when you're trying to do them all
0: so i fully agree with that
1: kind of step back a little bit and just kind of focused on mainly duck calls i mean it's Ohio's mainly geese you know you if you're gonna hunt you might as well hunt geese in ohio you know the you know, Ron Davis always says that Ohio's the armpit of duck hunting, and <laughs> it's pretty much the truth. I mean, if you can knock out a, a limit of mallards, you're doing really good. <laughs> but
0: that's what I always say, dude. I make nothing but duck calls, and I hunt honkers more than anything, just because <sighs> that's where I'm at in Missouri. I'm between yeah. two flyways. I've said uh, yeah. said it a bunch of times. The ducks that are here are either drunk or a lot <laughs> right. because yeah. you know they follow the mississippi down and the missouri down and both of those stretch 200 miles around me <laughs> so <laughs> like in every direction i'm in no man's land so we got a lot yeah. of local honkers and when it gets really good uh pushes of ducks we'll get them when they're here but nice. I-, I feel you man
1: yeah yeah the only ducks we get really if they're not locals, they're pushed down from storms from Lake Erie. Come down, and I mean, there's there's other there's a flyway that comes down the the west side of Ohio. That sometimes the weather pushes them inward, and they usually cut down through the bottom towards Columbus and stuff. They get a lot down there, but I'm like the opposite side. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get much well, alright like, we'll get somebody's farm raised mallards or something walk by <laughs> us but.
0: well that's like people you know they're like oh I've, I've talked to people from different parts of the country Texas and they're like oh you're from Missouri and one guy was like from Georgia he's like oh you're from Missouri you know you guys get a lot of mallards and I'm like well not <laughs> in this part of Missouri yes much <clears> of <throat> like Missouri does but not this part <laughs> yeah well buddy, I really appreciate it. I don't know if you're taking orders, but if you want people to you know, go check out your stuff. If you want to feel free to uh, give your, your Insta or your Facebook page a name.
1: Yeah, and definitely check out the uh RUSA game calls on Facebook and I'm always looking for orders. Always <laughs> got time for you.
0: <laughs> and that's RUSA R O O S A. S A. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, buddy, I appreciate it. I hope the weather cools off a little bit for you soon. If you're going to have to be out in the woods, at least be uh, not miserable and hot. All right. I appreciate it, Chris. All right, buddy. Take care. Thank, Thank you very much. All right, guys. Mr. Ryan Rusa, very, very good callmaker and a super nice guy. Hopefully you like it, share it, enjoy it, subscribe, get in on that giveaway, tag three friends on the Instagram post and uh get yourself a duck call blank from swampwood products a duck call for myself if you feel like it or any of the great call makers that we've had on here get yourself a nice piece of apparel from fox trade apparel and i gotta go get ready for this head-to-head that kicks off in uh, 30 minutes thanks guys